What's poppin' everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you're having a great one today. And we're gonna dive right in where we have these college QBs showing that they are no joke today in their NFL Pro Days. So much so that many teams could pick any one of them and be well off. Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, BYU's Zach Wilson, Alabama's Mac Jones, North Dakota State's Trey Lance, and Ohio State's Justin Fields are among the top quarterback prospects in this 2021 NFL Draft class. Their pro days tighten the competition level of these QBs more than ever as there is lots of talents among this quarterback class. Starting off with the projected number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, who had his pro day a few weeks back, but he has continued to perform at a high level and his outcome in the NFL draft has probably stayed the same as being the still the projected favorite for being not, not questioning his number one pick status. But as the rest of the field, from there, from there, it is just a toss-up, as all of them have very similar and elite skill sets. BYU standout Zach Wilson astonished everyone, including scouts at his pro day, as he made smooth, difficult throws, including a ridiculous roll-left throw-right bomb into the hands right in the breadbasket of one of his receivers. Representatives from 31 NFL teams attended the BYU Pro Day, including Jets GM Joe Douglas, who may have a QB that can compete with Sam Darnold for that starting job in New in the New York Jets. With the Jets having Darnold mentioned in trade rumors, scouts have been coveting a chance to grab Wilson after the impression he made on this incredible Pro Day. Just incredible pro day by Wilson showing he, he is more likely the better prospect than Justin Fields, who was projected to be the number two quarterback in this class. But Zach Wilson definitely in this pro day showed that he is well worth it. But now on to the guy who beat out Lawrence in the college football playoff semifinal this year in Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. Fields ran a 4 4 4-4. Dash time, which is the fastest by a quarterback since RG3, who has the fastest ever back in 2012. Teams know about Fields' athleticism, but now they were really looking to see how his wide range of capabilities, as he showed off his arm with big-time throws that raised some scouts' eyebrows. The 49ers, who traded up to get the third pick in the NFL draft, opted to attend Mac Jones' pro day instead of Fields'. Yet, when they were arrived in, Dus in Tuscaloosa, they arrived for a disappointing performance as Jones misfired and overthrew on multiple throws. You could see the disappointment in some of the scouts' faces, including Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan himself. Although one pro day does not mean everything, it is still very telling when you have all those NFL scouts there watching you. So while Jones was sailing passes over receivers' heads for Lynch and Shanahan to watch, Fields was in Columbus peeling off a solid 4-4-4 second yard 40-yard dash and throwing lasers all over the field. These two pro days are in particular could be the difference in who the 49ers will draft with the number three pick. But to finish off the elite quarterback conversation, let's not forget about the high prospect QB in Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. All but five of the NFL 32 teams were represented at the North Dakota State Pro Day, in which Lance displayed his arm strength, accuracy, and mobility. Because teams told Lance's camp that they were more interested in watching him throw, Lance decided not to run the 40-yard dash, following a recent trend in first-round quarterbacks, and probably speedy quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, who they did not question, of course, about their 40 and their speed, because they were already incredibly shown on the field. And any 
possible questions about Lance's mobility and speed were put to rest, as in the FCS National Championship, when Lance wore a GPS tracker during that game, he clocked in running over 21 miles an hour on a 44-yard touchdown run. By all accounts, Lance's preparation paid off as he was excited to showcase his talents in front of league coaches, scouts, and executives. So the 49ers could potentially grab Lance at 3 or maybe a team like the Broncos could trade trade up and get him at 4. But we shall see how it turns out in less than a month from draft night. One thing I do know though is that these teams are going to have to make big moves if they want to get one of these quarterbacks because they are going to be off the board quick. So much talent around. Literally, at the 49ers, they could choose between the three in Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance. All three of them could go to the 49ers, and it's just a matter of what Kyle Shanahan wants in his offense. Perfect. Personally, I think that a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields is a better long-term situation for the 49ers than Mac Jones. He And then, especially after the pro day that Mac Jones had in front of the 49ers, it, was, it just shows that, that it might not be meant to be. But the, also the Broncos could make a move up there in the draft, but other teams as well that we're not even thinking about could make big moves to try and get these young star talents. It's going to be a wild NFL draft because these prospects are so high up there and could really change franchises' outcomes in the coming years. As far as NBA, we had the second matchup against Houston for James Harden this season, yet this time he brought a friend with him in Kyrie Irving. The Nets' defense was just atrocious in the first quarter as they allowed a season-high 42 points in that first quarter, being one of the worst teams against one of the worst teams in the league in the Houston Rockets, falling behind by as much as 18 points within the first five minutes of the game. Oh my. Then in the second, it stayed stagnant as the Nets outscored the Rockets by just two in the second, which put them down 11 at the half. Just atrocious defense by the Brooklyn Nets. In the third, things got it took a spin as Harden left the game with a hamstring injury. Yet Irving and Blake Griffin stepped up in a big way as they pushed through on a 12-0 run to cut the deficit to just one going into the fourth quarter. They kept it going into the in into the fourth as they stretched the Rockets by going thirteen, outscoring them by thirteen to survive the scary setback in the first and get the win. The Nets now now show that they now that they have Kyrie back, it is very good considering the unknown nature of Harden's injury. So we shall see what comes of the Brooklyn Nets going into April. Maybe just maybe we could see the big three perform as a whole once again and the return of Kevin Durant and hopefully Harden's injury isn't too serious. Now onto a battle of young stars who are leading their underperforming teams as the evenly matched Mavs take on the Celtics as they face it off in Boston. Luka was feasting early in the first half as he scored 24 points with a filthy step back, filthy, filthy step backs as he was five or six performance from beyond the arc, pushing the Mavs to a 21 point lead with his 12 20 plus point first half this season, which leads all NBA players. Luka continued to get to work in the third as the Mavs pushed their way into the fourth quarter with a dominant 17 point lead. Yet things took a turn for the worse for the Mavs in the fourth as they committed 16 turnovers in that fourth quarter allowing the Celtics to take advantage of the opportunity and seize in on a two-point deficit after Jason Tatum stole the ball and went up where Marcus Smart helped tip it back in. 
Kemba then went up for a last chance three, but missed, and Marcus Smart got fouled on the rebound attempt. Smart made the first and then lined one off the... Rocketed one right off the backboard, which was a violation. So that was a wrap there in Boston as the Mavs get the win and sweep the Celtics in their season series. Just a close battle. It wasn't really a close game the entire time, but really true showing of the Celtics really taking advantage of the opportunity and really showing their defensive skills, but also definitely improvement needed for the Mavs trying to finish off the game because if they do that against a more dominant team that they're not going to be ahead of as much in the game in the Western Conference, they're not going to be able to make as much of a competitive run in the playoffs. So definitely fix up some offensively finishing in the game for the Mavericks. And I don't really know where the Celtics head from here. They just got to keep pushing forward and try and get somewhere in the Eastern Conference. Now onto a game that almost didn't happen as the Utah Jazz's original charter flight out of Salt Lake City was forced to return after the plane struck a flock of birds. This caused the team's leading scorer, Donovan Mitchell, to sit out as he was shaken up, rightfully so, by the incident. But the game must go on, and that is just what we have to do. As the rest of the Jazz squad was still hot as usual, going 11 for 27 from downtown in the first half, while the Grizz only went 3 for 8 from 3. Despite the difference in 3-point shooting, the Grizz dominated in the pay as usual, keeping the game within 8 at the break. Jonas Valanciunas came hot out in the third as he got smooth post moves to get buckets and tie things up 61 apiece. The Grizz then stayed in it down on to the final minute where Mike Conley hit a mid-range fadeaway jumper, stepping back from the free throw line as he put this one to rest. The Jazz get the 111-107 victory and hopefully they have a safe flight home back to Donovan Mitchell. Oh, just a very scary situation there. Hopefully Donovan Mitchell can recover as he as his team needs him on the road games especially. But they return home and they have a home game next time, so that's a good thing that they can kind of mentally recover from this really just weird trauma. On to local sports as the Philomath Warriors volleyball team had a hard-fought battle to five sets with the State and Eagles. The Warriors took the first and third set dominantly, but let their second one slip away from their set their fingertips as they had a 26-24 set loss in that one. The Warriors' main struggle in this game was evident, and they were not consistent from the service line, missing a whopping 15 serves. I mean, you just can't win a game without winning the serve game, but the team will keep pushing forward and make this evident adjustment at the service line, and I feel as though they will make this adjustment Evident in their minds and in practice as they're going to try and fix it and really get it consistently at the service line and try and finish this season off strong and try and get these last two wins as they have two more on the schedule now that they added one at the end of the season against South Albany. Hopefully these Warriors can push through and get some a couple of wins by the end of the season as we push forward into spring sports and wrap up this fall season. That actually turned out quite well for the OSAA. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you all enjoyed all of that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. You can catch all of it. Hope you enjoyed all the brand new local and national sports. Knowing all these incredible young talent quarterbacks, they are awesome. And it's always exciting to see the new NFL draft quarterbacks, especially them. This class, they are something special in a class of their own. And lots of interesting NBA games. Hopefully Donovan Mitchell can recover. And hopefully these Philomath Warrior volleyball players can bounce back. Thank you all. Hope you all enjoyed. And I will catch you all in the next one.